Blog Talk Radio. show that discusses life, life's difficult situations through relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The Lions Den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcendent godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, and primarily strength to the weary in life from the sourcehood of our connection with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So go ahead right now. I want you to roar for your victory. Roar for your power. Roar for your prosperity. Roar for your deliverance. And roar, my friends, for your strength. Listen, we're excited tonight in the lion's den. Guess what? We're going to be talking about men in authority, power, money, and sex. Now, let's address the blessings and or curses, depending on your perspective, that comes with authority. Whatever your perspective, to whom much is given, much is required. And this is not gender bias, my friends. Many men and women in today's society wield great power over people's lives, but are they being responsible, and do they have things in place to keep them accountable? What role does sex play in the abuse of power? I will discuss this hot topic, and what is the correlation between power, money, and sex in relation to those who are in authority? I know, I know, you ready for me to jump on the sex part? Are you ready to jump on the money part? No, no, my friends. Before we can either talk about the aspects of money and sex, when it comes to power, we have to do what? Look at power. And who are the people in power today? We, there, there's a list of them. Let's say there are bosses, super, our bosses and supervisors, of course. There are doctors, judges, politicians, policemen, preachers, teachers, coaches, parents. Now, we can even go on to say entertainers and celebrities and athletes, they have uh, these platforms that give them certain influential powers. Now, these positions that I named are people who are in power. And not, and the, not only do these positions have power, but you have power too, right? 
So let's let's discuss what what is power. Uh, people look at power as having control over resources, influence, strength, uh, political control, energy, or electricity. Those are just some names, uh, the definitions of power, because power is so hard to define because it comes in so many forms. But my focus is, is the, on power being the capacity to exercise influence over others. Why? Because when you have influence, then you're able to get things done. When you don't have influence or power, you find yourself at a place of being helpless. And when you become helpless, some people uh, digress to hopeless. They go from powerless to helpless to hopelessness. And nobody wants to be hopeless or helpless. We, want, we like to think that we have some form of power. There are uh, men and women on jobs, especially men on jobs, who feel that they have no power. The boss tell them what to do. Everybody tell them what to do. So what do they do? They go home, and that's when they're going to be the boss, and they're going to rule with an iron fist, fuss at the kids, beat the wife, because they have no power in the world. But where they do have power, they abuse it. But I don't want to get into the abuse of power just yet. I want to talk a little bit more about this thing called power. The most common definition of power in relation to our society is power is the ability to get someone to do something he or she had not formally assumed to do or would not otherwise do if you had not asked them or told them to do in a sense. So so today we're going to go beyond just that definition and, and look more closely at the factors which make others or someone do something he or she would not otherwise do in a sense. So in other words, there are the elements of power, of those things that give some people the capacity to exercise power. Hmm, that's interesting, huh? Um, uh, let, let's go to the scriptures. Romans 13 and 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Hmm. So power itself is established by God. He ordained it and distributes it. So looking at that script, we just say, okay, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there are no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So we're set, so by looking at that, you can take that scripture and say, you got to do what every authority say. You got to do what everybody in authority say, no matter what, no matter where. Hmm? If that's what it says, right? Uh, no, that's not what it says. The letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. But people have taken the letter of the word and use it to lord over people. To place people in slavery, to place women in uh, subservient position, to shackle men and women as servants and put them in a place of servitude where that says you have to do what I say. You have to do whatever I tell you to do because God put me in power and that's what it, that's the way it is. My friend, this scripture has been abused over and over for generations and generations. Matter of fact, not just this scripture, but the whole entire Bible, if you would, if you want to go there. If you ever seen the movie The Book of Eli, there were two men that were after the Bible. One man was after the Bible for good, the other for evil. One was after it for good because he knew the power of that book to bring many to salvation to God. The other knew the power of the book. 
to bring others under his dominion or control. So from a power aspect, looking at this scripture, you think, okay, just do whatever God, do whatever people in authority says. But see, power itself, again, established by God. He ordained it and he distributes it, yet he is not always the installer of the one who's in power or those who are in power. God ain't put everybody in power who's in power. Yeah, I know you may not want to believe that, but if that was the case, then you could say, yeah, God raised up Hitler. Ooh, I almost cursed in. That's a lie. God ain't raised up no Hitler who killed all those people. You saying God because you so you saying God put evil people in positions? No, not exactly true. If you were to look at the type of governments for a minute, I don't mean to go off into a history lesson, but think about the types of governor govern, governments we have and the governing uh, bodies and powers. And uh, autocracy is a dictatorship. It's ruled by one person. Uh, the autocrat, he has the power to make decisions, just one person, okay? That's an autocracy. An aristocracy is an administration where a group of privileged people come together because they they feel like they're the best of the best, and we're going to rule over the rest of the entire population because they're not as good as us or good as we are. Then there's the democracy. This is it's supposed to be for the people, by of the people, by the people. It's uh, where everybody has an individual vote or a setting. That's a direct dem uh, democracy. But in a republic, it's where the people elect representatives. Then there's the monarchy. The monarchy is where you have a ruling family uh, with a monarch, a king or queen, who's in place and makes all the rules. Then there's anarchy. That's the condition where there's no government. We don't want nobody over us. We do whatever we want to do whenever we want to. That's in our anarchy. But then there's theocracy. The theocratic is when God is rule. God has been rule of the administration. God is the ruler. Just like we see in the Bible in the judges where God will place judges who does what he tells them to do as the ch church I was about to say church. You know I've been in the South for a minute. I was about to say church. Well, you know, the church should be ran in a theocracy. God ordained. So as God rules through his uh, set person. Amen. So is God in control? Looking at all that, is God in control? Of course he is, my friend. And then, so if I say, yes, God is in control, then you would say, why then does all this killing happening. Why did the the bombs, all these bombs are going off and these terrorists attacking, children hungry and starvation in the world? My friend, I'm going to just have to tell you uh, what God allows, he's allow he allows. See, I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but God is sovereign. He has the power. He is ruler over all, and his power is sovereign. And only he knows why he does what he does. So, so we we have to uh, submit to his rule and his authority because he is sovereign. He is in control, and he gave men free choice to do certain things. And what he allows, he allows. I always wondered why this one died in the car accident and this one did not. You say, okay, well, I was blessed. Well, what about that one? You said they weren't blessed because they died? We we don't know the full plan and purpose of God. Nobody has a monopoly on God. Don't you let them fool you. Nobody has a monopoly on God. They may know more scriptures than you, but they may not know God better than you know him. I'm just saying it's just like that because God is 
he's past finding out. He's so much bigger than our little finite minds. Because we get a little knowledge or a little revelation or a little information or a title or an anointing, we run with it and say, okay, now I have God cornered. Only I know all of this. Nobody else on the East Coast knows more than me. Come on. This is a big world. God can distribute knowledge of himself to whomever he will. The Bible said we know in part and we prophesy in part. So what am I saying? I'm saying God is in control. God is the ruler. So with God being in control and me being in power, we look at what power is, the ability to influence others, the ability to have others do things for us that we feel needs to be done. So when people are in authority, there's a chance for something to go wrong. That will be that would be called the misuse or the abuse of power. And we will go back to those people I mentioned in the beginning. People who are in power, bosses and supervisors. Now, how do you get around a boss or a supervisor being in, in power? How do you get around that equation? Well, number one, become your own boss. <laughs> Get your own business. Become self-employed. Now, you're still going to have to answer to people and be subject to the land, but you'll be your own boss, your own supervisor. You'll be, you won't have to clock in and clock out. It's you, it's you the boss. So think about becoming self-employed. Now, now becoming self-employed is not easy. It's not for the weak in heart. It's going to be some dry days, but it's going to be a lot of work. But if they, if you don't want to be nobody's boss, if you don't want to be have no boss over you or supervisor, then fire your boss and you become self-employed and get your own business and work it and believe for it, okay? But bosses and supervisors are people in authority. And you know on the jobs, they have what's called sexual harassment when bosses or supervisors or people in leadership position uh, – Try to elicit favors in order for for you to move up in the company. So if I if I come if if I come over to the desk and I say, Hey Jan, I need you to stay a little late tonight. You know, I need you to stay a little late tonight. You know, and Jan be like, Well, you know, I don't really want to. Well, Jan, come on, you know you're good. You're the best looking woman in this job. You need to stay late tonight because I really want you here. Now, that's a that's a form of sexual harassment and power coercion. I'm using her appearance, I'm using her uh I'm using her appearance and I'm using my power asking her to stay. Now, I'm not really asking her. I'm doing like the Godfather. I'm making her an offer she can't refuse. Y'all hold on tight. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to take my first break. Y'all stay with me. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. 
Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All right, and we are back. I'm, I am Apostle John L. Solomon, the Lion Among Lions, and you are tuned in to Strength from the Lion's Den. We're powered by We Inspired Network Radio, Win Radio. Shout out to uh, the CEO, BJ Lloyd, BJ Lloyd Bell, and the COO, Annie Bell. They're some great people, and they're doing great things. I'm telling you, we're on the rise. Next, you're going to look up. We're going to be on, you know, Anyway, listen, I'm glad that you're here with me tonight. This is my last and final time to offer the free copy of the Power Keys, Life and Wisdom Series, Volume 1. This is the last time, ladies and gentlemen. You better get it tonight. Um, All you have to do is go to my page, Apostle John L. Solomon, like it, send me a valid email address, and I will get you a copy in ebook format. After this, guess what? The book is going back to the printing press to be revised and remade, and it's going to be coming out soon. Power Keys, the new edition. So you better go ahead and get the old edition right now. Listen, uh, thank you for being tuned in tonight. Strength on the Lions Den, we're talking about men in authority. Now, I'm not, not just talking about men in general, as some thought. I'm talking about men and women. Oh, shout out to our listeners in Ghana, Australia. Where else? Let me see. Ghana, Australia. Uh, we got listeners in Philadelphia, Orlando, and a few Californians. All right. Thank you for being on tonight worldwide across the nation. We, we're just happy to have you here. If you have any questions, just hit me up in the studio, and uh, we'll see can we get them answered for you. Again, we're talking about men in authority, power, money, and, and sex. I might have to do a part two next week and invite a few guests, but tonight I just wanted to dive into it myself. Uh, you know, my producers thought it would be something that we could look at and just see what's this thing called uh, authority, this thing called power, and how money and sex correlate with this thing. We were talking about, before we went to break, the abuse of power and the people in power who abuse it. Now, the Bible said when the righteous are in leadership, the people rejoice. So when you got good people running things, people are happy. Now, you're not going to please everybody. Every time, all the time, but when you got righteous people in authority, when you got good-hearted people, wholesome people in authority who wants to do what's right, guess what? Your business is going to go right. But when you got dusted, dirty, low-down folks at the top, guess what? It trickles down, you know, and it can destroy a business. So we was talking about people in power. We went to the bosses and the supervisors. What about the doctors? Hmm. Do we have any shady doctors out there? Well, we're not going to say that the whole medical profession is dirty. We're not going to say that, but and but it's not to indict anybody in the medical field. But what we're saying is doc, doctors, some doctors are practicing, well, doc, uh, medicine is really practicing medicine. Note that word practice. They have a license to practice medicine. When I, we was in the military, when I was in the military as a hospital corpsman, they told us, and I'm going to tell you, I ain't going to tell you the exact person who said it, but they said active duty are guinea pigs. Uh-huh. Sometimes they become guinea pigs. I hope the DOD don't come after me for that, but hey, I said it. Sometimes, and if you go to the VA clinic, you go back in history when uh, Agent Orange was among our veterans, 
Come on now, I got some uh, research and data. Take that for data to back that thing up. So to our, our our military boys who at one time used as guinea pigs. And you heard about Miss Edward Boys when those black men were given syphilis by the medical profession. And today a lot of black men don't trust medicine or doctors because of the um inconsistent relationship they have. But brothers, you gotta go to the doctor. You gotta get those uh checkups and everything. You gotta make sure you're healthy. It's a new day and a new time. But nevertheless, there are some people in the medical industry who are not on the up and up. They took the uh Hippocratic oath that says I will take after I will look after people. I will care for people. Uh they took that oath. Even in as a hospital corporate, we had to take a certain oath to look after people. So you have to make sure you have to make sure when you're dealing with a doctor understand that they are human they're not gods so when they give you a diagnosis it's just that a diagnosis i remember watching a commercial and this uh cancer patient went into this new uh type of uh medical practice and a heart a heart uh society whereby they support him and she and he told her he said look you were diagnosed with cancer, but there's no expiration tag on your feet. So a doctor may say you have two weeks to live. Many people have been given a, a death sentence with a time limit on it. You have three months to live. Three years later, they still up and kicking. Come on now, the, you you who's the Bible said whose report you gonna believe? You gotta believe the report of the Lord. Now there are some people who are in it for the money. The medical uh, industry, the drug industry, oh, my God, don't let me get on the drug industry. Do you know most – there's so much money in prescription drugs and illegal drugs. That's where a lot of the money worldwide is made through uh, pharmaceuticals and drugs. I'm just that, – that's just research that I've done. So if you think medicine is not big business, go on down to the medical center. Look at these huge hospitals. huh? We're not, they're not, they don't practice wellness. They practice taking care of the sick. They don't practice healing. They practice taking care of the sick. So understand their job is not to get you well. Their job is to take care of you and to help you overcome the symptoms. Anyway, there was a doctor, a black man, everybody really talks about. I think it's Dr. A.B. I don't want to mispronounce his name, but he had the cure for everything, and he somehow find, uh, he found his way to death. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm, somebody may, I'm going uh, to ask a few of my guests about him, and I'll, I'll tell you more about him uh, my, next, my next hour after the break. But we're talking about people in power. And our doctors wield a lot of power. We want our doctors to be on the up and up. Judges and lawyers and politicians and policemen. Oh, my God. I I could just put a pen right there and stay there all day. When our judges, lawyers, politicians, and policemen are dirty, guess what? It's a wrap. You're going to see people being killed in the street. You're going to see unjust laws. You're going to see judges handing out sentences that aren't fair. You're going to see lawyers that don't even look at the case or uh, compile the right evidence. This is when you have uh, bad judges, lawyers, politicians, policemen. They're the ones who execute the laws of the land. They, they execute, interpret, uh, and, and go over our, our laws. So when we have people like that who are not on the up and up, we are in a whole lot of trouble, my friend. 
that's where that scripture I told you about doing whatever authorities say, there's a certain thing called civil disobedience. When your law violates my human right, that's it. When your law of the land or the legal law violates my law as a human being, I refuse to follow that. That's it. If your law states that your, if your law violates that which is humane, I cannot follow that law. I'm not going to do it. They've had laws, you know, back when Jim Crow, there were laws that were against our, not human rights, our civil rights. So therefore came the civil rights movement. But now they have laws. And if that law violates your human right, don't follow it. That's called civil disobedience. You have a right to your humanity. You have the right. So when we have when we have just judges, because God is the righteous judge, when we have just lawyers who will who are not trying to uh, throw a case because you're a public defender and you don't care about the client, when you're not trying to just pad your pockets because you are a lawyer and you you know the language of the law and can can interpret it, or you're a politician and you understand uh, laws that need to be put in place. When you put laws in place to uh, imprison those, like the three strikes, the three strike laws for almost a minor offense. You got a you got one major offense. You you got one major offense that you get maybe a little time for. You got another offense, and then that third offense, offense may not even be major, but that's three strikes, and you're in jail forever for the rest of your life. Whoo. Let me stop. And then when you got policemen who they're not they're not the judge, they're not the jury, they're the uh they uphold the law. But when they don't uphold the law, when they act like they're above the law, then the people suffer. So we need our judges, lawyers, politicians, and policemen not to abuse their authority. And then we have our um our teachers, our coaches. Our parents, we are the ones who govern and watch over our children. When you have good teachers in schools, oh, my God, what happened to them? That's right. They get ran out of school. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> when you have good teachers in schools that are allowed to teach our students, we raise up students who can be um, exceptional, exceptional citizens of the land. We have good principals and coaches uh, helping our children, our students. I'm going to tell you, it was a man, uh, but they called him Bo, Coach Bo. He came to my house. He came to my house to see my uh, mother, my mother about me playing football. Now, I don't remember any men, uh, male teachers coming to my house or any, I don't know of any male teachers that go to houses or whatever back then, but this man came to my house and told my mother, I need to be off them streets and on that field or I would not make it. And that man was so right because uh, I know where I was headed and he came and saved my life and he's still alive and my friend of mine has been promising me he's going to take me to see him, but you know, yeah, I, I'm going to hold my breath, Pastor Larry. <laughs> But anyway, that man saved me. He he was a part of the saving factor of keeping me off the streets. So when you got parents and teachers and coaches like that, it helps our children. We have people that believe in them. It helped them. Now I'm not saying they're not gonna make bad decisions. They can have the best people in their lives, but yes, they 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 can make bad decisions on their own. But when we have those people in place, it just fortifies 
It just fortifies so much that they can be successful. Give them that foundation. Give them those models and those examples. And as parents, we us raising our kids. Nobody can tell you how to raise your kid. No, nobody can. But you have been given the uh, the stewardship by God to raise that young life. And as an educator, as a teacher, I always say these kids are going to grow up to be adults one day. So if I mistreat them and I see them in the street one day, either they're going to look at me with admiration or they're going to look at me with disdain based on how I treated and taught them when they were coming up. So you want to make sure that your teachers and coaches are, are have that good authority, have that influence over our children that helps them. Not manipulate them, not uh, puts them in awkward positions, not makes them vulnerable or subject to your misuse, but put them in good positions so that they can succeed. And what about uh, our entertainers, celebrities, and athletes? Now, I, I don't – some of these celebrities, entertainers, I don't want them raising my kids. I, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous ain't always beautiful and, um, what, wholesome. So – you got to be careful how you letting these entertainers and athletes and celebrities run your run raise our kids. All of them are not role models. I'll say that again. All of them are not role models. They're celebrities, but they shouldn't be celebrated. They're entertainers. They bring us entertainment. Not all of them, but some of them. Some of them are good. Some of them use their platform for glory for the glory of God. But then others, others, they're gonna have you wilding out. They're gonna have you love. They're gonna have you uh. A housewife, housewife of the down and the down and distrodden. <laughs> but and then what about our preachers? Uh oh, I can't get into the act. We're gonna go to the break. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about our preachers in authority. Y'all hold on. I'll be right back. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with WIN to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. All right, we're uh, back. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon. You're tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio, Win Radio. I'm partnering with some good people at We Inspire Network Radio that want us to win. I want to thank everyone who's tuning in tonight. You're the reason why we're here. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Listen, this is the last night that I'll be giving away my Power Keys, Life of Wisdom Series, Volume 1. So, um, Go to my page, Facebook page, Apostle John L. Solomon. Like it. Give me a valid email address. 
and I'll make sure you give get that book. Shout out to uh, Pastor uh, Larry Wilson. I was talking to him during the break. Uh, I think I want him to say a little something about what we've been talking about tonight. I'm going to go to him in just a moment. So, uh, Pastor Larry, just stand by for a moment. Uh, we, we Tonight we're talking about men in authority, power, money, and sex. I'm trying to get to the power. I'm trying to get to the money and the sex part because I know that's what y'all want to get to. But it seems like we're just stuck on this power part because in order for you to understand the correlation of money and sex – to power, you got to understand the authority and, and and what that power entails. Let me go to my caller here. Pastor uh, Wilson. Yes, sir. How's it going? Brother, you are live on the air. How you doing tonight? Yes, sir. How you doing tonight? I'm fine. Good, good. Anything you want to add tonight? Anything you want to share about what we're talking about? Oh, man. That- this has been an awesome show. I have enjoyed everything that you talk, talked about, and it's all truth. You know, men and women in power, do um, ha- they do put pressure on people to do other things other than they should have or uh, would do according to um, who they are. So, um, man, it has been an awesome show that you have. But, you know, I heard you talking about the drugs uh, for us, the, um, the mm-hmm. drug kings being themselves. And then mm-hmm. also I heard you talking about even um, the pharmaceuticals, and um, that that was key because that do play a, a major role in, in a lot of things that happen in our society. But, you know, mm-hmm. I heard you talking about the politics part of it. What about those that are in, in, in leadership and position that have position like me, pastors, ministers, and all of those mm-hmm. type people that um, try to take advantage of God people and then say it's God? You know, um, like I say, this has been an awesome show. Well, brother, thank you for that segue. That's just what we're getting ready to go with now, those people who take advantage of God, people. Man, God bless you, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Have a great evening. All right. Now, he he, he just went right where we were going. Now, we talked about who we talked about. We talked about uh, supervisors, bosses, doctors, judges, lawyers, politicians, teachers, coaches, parents, entertainers. Now, let's talk about our preachers for a minute who uh, – Take advantage of God's people. Why? Be, why? Because when the Bible says they are like sheep to the slaughter, a lot of times they are. Now the Bible says, uh, what does it say? It says sheep in wolves' clothing. Didn't say shepherd in wolves' clothing. It says sheep in wolves' clothing. But it does mention false shepherds, false prophets, or hirelings, people who are just in it for the money who are just in it for the game, just to be there. Now, the way my way my uh, mentor used to say it like this, he said, okay, in order to be a doctor, you got to go to school and learn something. In order to be a lawyer, you got to go to school and learn something. But in order to be a preacher, you just come into church and say, God called you. And people accept that. Now, that's where we've erred, where we just accept men and women who say, uh, God called me. They have, they've had no knowledge of the scriptures, no training, no any type of background. They just said, God, call me. And we accept them and let them into our churches and lay waste to our families, to our marriages, to our property. Now, now this is not to say that. Now, now let, let me, let me add, uh, put an addendum on that. Now, if God called, if someone rose up and said God called them and God originally called them, now, that's one thing, but it's another thing if their character is bad, 
if they're full of larceny, if they're full of uh, uh, demons and they have dirt and baggage already inside of them, that that's another thing. So the, so don't get me wrong and say that God can't call someone overnight and they raise up and come forth and say, God, call me now. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about the ones who they're, they're full of malice and envy and jealousy and, and dirt in their lives. But yet they come to destroy the house of God. And that's not what we want today. And sometimes we let that go on because we enable those type of people. Not that and I don't want to get into the that the victim is to blame. I don't want to vic- blame the victim. You got beat up by the pastor. You got uh, ran over and ran through by the pastor, and they blame it on you. It's your fault. Well, the ones in authority are the ones to blame. Now, does the victim have some responsibility? Of course, we have to protect ourselves, but at the same time, the ones in authority are the ones to blame. Uh, Maxwell said everything rises and falls on leadership. Of course, we have an administration today who's trying to say it's not my fault thing on everyone else, but yes, the buck stops with the one in charge. The buck stops with the leader. Uh, Listen, there's a a quote by Madeline Eagley who says, because to take away a man's freedom of choice, even his freedom to make the wrong choice, is to manipulate him as though he were a puppet and not a person. Another quote says, power is confusing for us because even terrifying because our relationship with power had an unfortunate beginning. Someone in a position of power over us used and abused us. It seems as if power was something to be wielded always at someone's expense, usually our own. This was Maureen Brady. She wrote the book Beyond Survival, a writing journal for healing childhood sexual abuse. If we go back to our childhood, a lot of our abuse, our, our, our abuse, our, our inter- interaction with power started right back then. So we learned to fear power at an early age, or we learned that if we didn't fear it, we would come under the cruel hand of abuse from that power. So back to our pastors and preachers, how do we know if Leaders are abusing their power If these preachers or these pastors look, let, Let's look at a few things A few questions How do they treat those closest to them Are they big bullies Are they secretive Are they servants Or self-serving Is it their way or the highway Do they present One face to the public And another in private Are they humble Those are interesting questions to ask when you're talking about people who are in power, when you're talking about people who are in control. Uh, Do do they want everything their way? Do they get mad and excommunicate people? One thing I remember about churches is like, you know, pastors would say, well, they, they left wrong. They left wrong. They wrote you a letter. They tried to get a meeting with you. They did everything they possibly could to let you know that their job was relocating them. <laughs> and you said they left wrong. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about the people who, who done been talking about from the pulpit. I ain't talking about the people who done been almost uh, robbed and raped for money. Uh, I ain't talking about the people who, done, who have been 
sexually abused or molested in churches. I'm talking about the people who they just just their job was relocating. They curse with a curse because they didn't leave right. They wrote you a letter. The boss called you. The the company president let you know, and here you still talking about they left wrong. They tithed every week. Man, come on now. Sometimes, uh, sometimes preachers are a little too sensitive. Especially not you. You can't be like that when you're uh, leading God's people. If you believe God for them to come, you got to believe God for when they leave. It's just that simple. When God came, you said they said God sent them. You say Amen. God sent them. We believe God for you. Amen. But then when they get ready to go, well, God ain't told you to leave. Wait a minute. Yes, He did. You believe me when He sent me, but now you don't believe me when I'm leaving. Now, 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 mind you, there are some. Some sheep in wolves' clothing, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the unruly shepherds who have no accountability, who feel that they're not responsible, that the blood is not on their hands. The Bible said that David could not build the house of the Lord because he was a bloody man. It was too much murder on his hand. He said, but Solomon can do it because he's a man of peace. There are some things we as preachers and pastors and teachers of the word cannot do because there's blood on our hands in a certain area. Yes, God has forgiven us. Yes, cleansed us. Yes, the blood is there. But because of the act that we did, the violation, the um, the iniquity which we went into, we're not we are not allowed to do a certain thing. I know some people wouldn't believe that, but Look at the Bible. David, could, David, who was the apple of God's eye, could not build a house for him. But God said, I'll, I'll do it for you through your son. Moses could not enter into the promised land. But God said, I'll let you see it. Adam and Eve got booted from the Garden of Gethsemane. But God said, I won't put you out naked. And he clothed them. So even in God's wrath, even in God's correction, or discipline, there's still mercy, there's still forgiveness, there's still grace. So as a as a leader, you have to understand certain things that it's not what you're doing, it's what you've done. Certain things you say, I know God, God say, I, I forget about it. I, he does, he forget about it. But still, there's some things you cannot do. I remember uh, well, I've been to tell that story. <laughs> that man's still alive. He may hear about it. Anyway, but I'm saying some things that we've done, we are we're, we were held accountable for them. We weren't. We, they're not laid to our charged. We're not charged for them. They're not. They're not. We're, they're, we're not charged for. Them. We're not guilty for them anymore. But at the same time, we're not allowed to do certain things because of those crimes, because of those inconsistencies. You've gotten it right. Your heart is clean. But the Lord says no to this, but He's saying yes to that. I know, go figure that, that's a hard one We'll discuss that one one day But right now we're talking about the pastors in authority We, The Bible said when the leader, when the righteous are in charge The people rejoice If you've if you got a good shepherd If you've got a good shepherd leading the people that That's a beautiful thing Because God said I will give you pastors and shepherds After my own heart Who will lead you with wisdom and understanding so as a pastor, as a leader, uh, whatever your title, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, you're not to lord over the people. You're not supposed to be beating people down, shooting people from the pulpit. 
so easy from church hurt. Because when you come into the church, you're coming out of the world. And you're told to turn away from everything that you were to become what God wants you to be. And if you are a gangbanger, you put down your violence. If you are a prostitute, you put down your whoring. If you are a pimp, you put down your pandering. If you are a, a, a money a money, a money shark, you have the money, you put down your thieving and your conniving. And you open up your heart to Jesus, and you can't see Jesus, but you see who? The church people. So you open up your heart to those church people. You don't just, you open it wide. Everything that you used to be, you pretty much abandon it. Your street heaviness, um, your suspicion, all that stuff you put aside, and you open up your heart why to Jesus you can't see Jesus, but you see these church people. They should always tell me, keep your eye on Jesus, baby. I couldn't see Jesus. All I could see was the people who represented him. So we open up our heart to Jesus by loving the church, trying to do everything we know to do, being there every time the church doors open. And what happened? Somebody in that church sees your vulnerability and they exploit you. And it wounds you. And the, the exploitation may come in any form. Any form. is You got taken advantage of. You were betrayed. You were wounded. And what happened is because you were so vulnerable. You were a, a lamb. You were a babe. You were wide open. And they literally destroyed you. And you wonder why God let this happen to me. Some never recover from that question. Why did God let this happen to me? Uh, those that stayed and overcame that hurt, you, you, as they say, you begin to understand it better by and by. You begin to see both sides of the coin. You begin to see what happened, why it happened. You begin to understand your individual situation of church hurt and how you were abused, how you were taken advantage of by someone who had power over you, a Bible study leader, a deacon, a usher, uh, even the pastor. You you see what takes place. But some people have not recovered and do not recover. They hate church. They hate church things. They hate church clothes. They hate everything that has to do with church because of that injury that was done to them. They don't recover. And I know you can say, well, they should get over it. They should. It's, it's easy for us to say that, You even if you've gotten over yours, but because everybody healed, just like they told me when my father died and I was looking at different people grieving, and I didn't, I didn't think some of them were grieving correct. My sister said, bro, everybody grieves differently. And I said, okay, that helped me to understand the grief process. So just like the healing process, everybody heals differently. So whether, and just like a broken arm that doesn't heal right, it has to be rebroken. Or a bone that doesn't heal right has to be rebroken so it can heal correctly. So that church hurt thing. Now, I, 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 I took care of that, okay? Well, now, back to my question. Henry, my uh, quote, Henry Newman observed, what makes the temptation of power so seemingly irresistible? Maybe it is that power offers an easy substitution for the hard task of love. It seems easier to be God than to love God. 
It's easier to control people than to love people. It's easier it's easier to have people in fear than to have them in love. Hmm. That's something to think about. It's hard when you love. It's hard when you love people. It's hard because when you love people, they may let you, let you down, you know. But when you empower and you love them and they let you down, it's easy to get mad. You know, you've seen angry preachers. You've seen angry exhorters. Y'all lift y'all hands. Why y'all ain't lifting y'all hands on Sunday morning? Maybe because you screaming at me. <laughs> Maybe because I had an issue last night and right now I ain't feeling too good. Y'all need me to pump you up? Yeah, we do need you to pump pump us up. But why don't you pump us up by you praising God instead of screaming at us? If you would praise God, if you would worship God, if you would get into his presence with your worship, maybe we would follow suit instead of you yelling and screaming at us. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go that way, but <laughs> it happens. You've seen them angry exhorters fussing at the people because y'all ain't praising God. Well, you ain't either. You fussing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so men in authority, men and women who be, who abuse their power. Stop it like you're going to stop because I said it. Well, you don't have to stop it. Eventually, you will stop or you will be stopped or removed from power because the Bible said promotion coming from the Lord. He put it up one and take it one down. So what what, what am I saying? you saying God going to remove me and put somebody else in place? I, I'm not exactly saying God is going to do it, but through a course of action, and through uh, patterns and repetition, there's a changing of the guard. It always takes place. I remember when I first got saved, I wanted to be an usher in the church. The man would not let me usher because I didn't have a black tie. All I had was my clothes, and that's what I wore to church. I'm not talking about the one with my shirt all open and my, my, rings, my rings and stuff. I'm talking about I just had this little purple suit that I wore out in that club, and I figured that was it. I wanted to offer that to God. That's what I wore, you know. And the man wouldn't let me become an usher because I didn't have a black suit. Well, guess what happened to the man? He he passed away. I mean, I didn't make him die. I didn't kill him or nothing. Just natural causes, he passed away. But when he passed away, another man took over. You know what he said to me? He said, I heard you wanted to usher. I said, yes. And guess what? I became an usher. There's always a changing of the guard. So eventually, you will be removed if you're in office abusing your power one way or another, a change is going to come, either by insurrection or by resurrection of another person in your stead place. So, tonight, the the, script, the last scripture that I'm going to give you before we close, uh, Matthew 20 and 25, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over people, over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You you have to serve. You know, stop stop mistreating these armor bearers because they want your mantle. Stop raping these armor bearers because they want to preach like you. Stop misusing these armor bearers and taking all their money and, and wearing them out because they want to serve the Lord in the leadership capacity. It's 
You want a strong leader. I ain't saying let people walk over you, be a doormat. You can't do that either. It's not acceptable. It's not what I'm saying. Be strong, be firm, but you don't have to be abusive. We may have okay. We may have to go next week. Uh, Men and authority, power, money, and sex, part two. Thank you for being here with me tonight. I appreciate you. If you have any questions, you can inbox me. Anything I've addressed that you want to discuss, please inbox me or get in touch with my producers and promoters. I'm Apostle John Solomon. I just want you to know you have been great tonight. Come on, this is for you, just right here. The Apostle. The, the, the Apostle John L. Solomon, I mean, not the Apostle, but I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't that special. Like, I ain't that special like some of them. I'm just Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions, and I appreciate your support. I thank you for tuning in weekly. And if you have any ideas for topics or anything you want to discuss, please hit me up, and I'll be glad, glad to get with my promoters and my producers and put it on the air. Thank you for being here with me tonight. God bless you. Stay strong, be strengthened, be encouraged, and be empowered. I wish you strength.